Welcome back to another episode of Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. Uh, we have our usual crew in unusual places. I'm Caleb. We've got Adam and Rhiannon, and uh, I'm recording from Nashville, so if I have a, a southern twang, that's why it happens. Yeehaw! And you are also recording in a library, it sounds like. You didn't. You don't have the normal gusto. Oh, it's you know, it's like a uh, conference room at my dad's work, and I'm just afraid there's someone working late that's gonna be like, "Who's using the conference room?" <laughs> so it's that. Yeah, I guess I'll have to get better to not be too whispery. Or whisper. You could become Mister Whispers now, and see how you like it. This could be the totally chill Marvel News Desk podcast. I could like go into the a NPR. Register, like Doctor Jack. We could Welcome be like back to Marvel News Desk after dark. Yes. We've got Susie on the line. Susie, tell us about your heartbreak. Today's Marvel News Desk is brought to you by NPR, where we will talk about everything very important. Go ahead, Adam. We interrupted you like six times. <laughs> no, I was just going to say. You weren't catching the theme! I was just going to say the good thing, luckily for us, there happens to be a lot of open source jazz music. <laughs> So it would fit right in with, and we won't even have to use the Patreon money I, I for might it. Even find that for but this week. Adam, awesome. Adam, where's your NPR voice though? I ditched that. It took me like what seventy-five episodes to get rid of my whisper voice, <laughs> Mister Mumbles. That's now you want to, sh- yeah, you want to shove me back in the cocoon? Uh, we don't have long to record, so we should probably jump into it. Uh, today we got set photos from Black Widow. And Adam, for just a minute, did you think Darkhawk was coming to the MCU? <laughs> so that was bizarre. Everyone tagged me in in my work Slack and on Twitter and everyone saying Darkhawk. And I wake up to Darkhawk. So I'm like, what the hell happened overnight? And then I actually look at the pictures and I'm like, oh, man, why are you guys doing this to me? It does look, I mean, the resemblance is uncanny, but it's not Darkhawk. It looked like a person in costume on a movie set. It did. It just like looked like a generic baddie. It looked like yeah, it looked like a bad Power Ranger guy, or like a cheap Crossbones is what I was thinking. Right. I don't understand why don't they just like you remember how in Deadpool two they released set like um, photos of Cable and photos of Domino right before they knew that there was going to be like leaked paparazzi photos. Mm-hmm. I still understand why Marvel doesn't do that. Like it would be so much better to get that as a first view of it i think oh totally but at the same time you know we don't know this movie's happening officially right so maybe in a uh in a separate situation maybe in a uh uh post san diego comic-con world that could happen maybe no i think i mean they totally know that that stuff is out there but i think they want to pretend it's not like, I think they're probably going to announce Black Widow at Comic-Con as if nobody knows it's happening. Like, we will not at all give any legitimacy to all of these other sources. It's like that time George Costanza showed up at work and pretended like he didn't quit the previous week. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I've never heard of this movie. Nobody's ever ever announced this. Right. What are you talking yeah. about? That, that would be the most meta move if Kev shows up to San Diego and they announce the 2022 and 2023 movies, they're like, eh, you know, whatever. Whatever's coming next year, you know. And, like, just don't say anything about Black Widow and Eternals? No, not until D23. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
are phase five. Right. Yes. Kevin, it feels like you're gaslighting oh, me at this point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, other bit of news. Jessica Jones, uh, Kristen Ritter did an interview where she acted like she's not interested in playing Jessica anymore. Then she kind of backtracked that like she was taken out of context. But it really seemed like the original interview, she was pretty clear that she's kind of done with this. Uh Rhiannon, how does that make you feel as somebody who's loved the show? Like, were you surprised that Kristen was so open to not doing it? It was interesting because she did later come back with a tweet and was like, given the opportunity, I'd totally play the character again. I think it's been interesting watching, I think, the actors and actresses that you can kind of tell some people that are totally comfortable moving on. Um, And they're just kind of like, yeah, it's canceled. You know, like... It's, I'm okay saying goodbye to that part of my life, which is how I kind of interpreted her words. Like, they filmed this as the final season. She knew it was the final season. It's not like Charlie Cox, who thought he was going to start filming another season in February. She's had a lot of time to emotionally prepare and all that. So it felt more like, yeah, I'm okay with this being the end. And then, I mean, like, later tweet. So, like, if there was an opportunity for her to come back, yay. Now, help me understand. I know we have... Uh... We've had a lot of interactions with, like, say, Daredevil people. Within that movement, is there a feeling the same way about all the Netflix shows? Or is it specifically Daredevil? Or what's your experience hanging out in those circles? So, hanging out in the Save Daredevil circle, which is going to have a Marvel News Desk-sponsored meetup at San Diego Comic-Con. Um, just throwing that out there. Uh, they are very, very... I mean, they're pro all Defenders universe, but they are very specifically Daredevil. They haven't seen, like, a huge... I mean, they know that Adam is the Save Iron Fist movement. And Adam isn't the Save Iron Fist movement, but, you know. (laughs) There's somewhat of a Punisher movement out there, but they never really organized. It was just, like... I mean, there were, like, five different petitions that got, like, 100 votes. I'm just throwing those numbers out. I have no idea what they got, but... Yeah, it didn't really centralize. I mean, that's one thing. Save Daredevil just, like, very quickly. There was one, like, organized movement. Uh, there's, But we haven't seen much from, like, Luke Cage. There's been a little bit of Luke Yeah, you know, a, a few people that are upset that these series are ending, but it just doesn't feel as passionate as Daredevil. Daredevil, like, definitely created, had some, like, passion that it pulled out in people. Adam, any thoughts on Kristen Ritter, Jessica Jones? Nope. You said her all. Uh, James Gunn has been asked a lot if Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 will be called As Guardians of the Galaxy. And apparently a lot of people don't like that. And um, so, but uh, Gunn has come through and said, no, don't worry, that's not going to be a subtitle with it. Um, I don't think this is really news because I think it's going to be called Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And I think that's all there is to it. Uh, Do you have any thoughts, Adam, about... James Gunn talking about this and sort of how much Thor you do or don't want to see in Volume 3? Um, I I guess I'm not entirely sure Thor will be in it. Um, especially if they do Thor 4. Um, so it makes sense, I guess. But then there's also been not really... I mean, historically looking at other franchises, there's not um, really a precedent that everything has to keep with the volume things you know look at the alien movies and predators and and things of that nature um yeah i I guess it doesn't surprise me that it's not going to be called as guardians of the galaxy 
I want it to be as Guardians of the Galaxy. <clears throat> I don't care what they call it. I want Thor to be hanging out, making Quill feel like he needs to up his game. I don't know. I just really like that dynamic. I liked Thor and Rocket. I want more of it. But that's just me wanting fan service. Yeah, for me, it really begs the question of, like, how they actually film these things. Like, because we've always talked about, like, how much is there an overarching story and how much are they, you know, putting constraints and how much do the screenwriters get to write what they want to. And so I think one of the interesting questions on this is, like, whose decision was it to end that movie that way? Is that something Gunn asked for or is that something the Russo brothers just did? And given that Gunn was working on a script ahead of time, like, how does that affect things? I think all of that sausage-making behind-the-scenes stuff is something I'm really interested in and probably will never actually find out about, but is interesting to me. But I think that's a question that will be asked. I think that's something... I mean, people are want, you know wanting to know about the name right now. They're going to want to know what happened to Thor. Right. And how that happened. I mean, the scripts were being written at the same time, right? Yeah, Gunn finished... Well, actually, they finished... Uh, you know, I forget. They filmed Endgame so long ago that it may be the Endgame was in the can, more or less, before Gunn wrote the script for Volume 3. Hmm. Just quickly scanning through news, I think that's all the news that I have, which seems really short. Did you guys have any other news this week of significance? That you want us to talk about? Man, so nothing exciting has come out of the Spider-Man press tour? Uh, I mean, there's been a lot of talk. I don't I don't know if I've seen anything. Uh, so, I mean, one of the things Kevin Feige did clarify that he definitely sees Far From Home as the ending of the quote-unquote Infinity Saga. And that um, it's kind of as such part of Phase 3. Which is really funny because I thought they didn't care about phases anymore, yet here's Kevin Feige giving us canonical answers about what phase this is in. Uh, also, we found out the movie is officially two hours and nine minutes long. so No diapers required. Yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently Kevin Feige met with Noah Hawley recently as well, so that got people talking about Doctor Doom again. <gasps> I mean, Hawley was working on Doom. Yes. Right. Uh, let's see. Uh, here's the uh, comments. Holly told Hollywood Reporter, I did sit down with Feige recently, and I said that I look at myself as a sort of Marvel R&D department. I know the genre can do all these amazing things that the MCU is doing, but my feeling is, what else can we do with it? Can we make it surreal? Can we make it musical? Not as a gimmick, but all those techniques are about putting you into the subjective experience of these characters. So are you guys excited about the Doctor Doom musical? <laughs> Doctor Doom the musical? Victor Von Doom the musical? The cynic in me says, all he's saying here is all the things that he's already done with Legion. He's like, I want to take it to new places that I've already taken Legion. <laughs> <gasps> Thor for the musical. That's something I could get behind. What rhymes with Loki? Who knows? <laughs> Other, I mean, the only other thing we talked about this last week, the Endgame re-release is definitely on. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's happening. I did not realize that Avatar got a re-release. So apparently Endgame has beat Avatar without a re-release. Sure has. So. Except the Avatar re-release was in August. August 27th, I think, for a Christmas initial release. Right. Whereas this one is much more clearly desperately trying to get a record. <laughs> right. 
with I think a lot less content as well. After actually hearing the content, I don't know why, but it made me a lot less excited for whatever reason. Well, and we were talking about on Twitter a little bit. It's a little weird to be like, here's a special preview of Spider-Man that comes out two days from now. <laughs> right. Right. Are they like just showing a trailer? Because no, thank you. Well, for that matter, if it was the opposite and they gave me 20 minutes of the movie, I don't think I'd want it because I'm like, I'll just go see it in two, <laughs> you know, in two days. Like, Right. Right. I've got to go pee, guys. This has been a three hour movie already. Why do you think we need bonus content? That being said, I'll probably still go see it this weekend. Yeah, Mike and I have plans. Random factoid talking about Spider-Man. They have released 30 separate television spots. I think wow. this room has a motion sensor. <gasps> Jump! <laughs> Environmentally friendly offices. So, for those on the podcast... Oh, there we go. Caleb has to get up and dance every 20 minutes or so. Or the lights go out on him. Yeah, that was kind of... I don't know, it's kind of scary. What happens if they're like in a presentation or something and no one's moving? I don't know. I guess you got to have really lively presentations here. Somebody has to get up and push a button. Oh, no. I work in a lead certified building. We're used to it. Oh, really? You're just like, oh, lights went out again. <laughs> that time in the office when Dwight was having all the cost-saving measures. Yes. <laughs> all right, uh, I guess let's jump on to the TV show talk. So, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. first, the Fitzsimmons bottle episode. I think that was very interesting. Oh, it was so cute. It was cute. It was so fun. Uh, Adam, you had like a lot of words about it. Why did you single me out? You that's all you had was it's well, no, cute? you had like a really good description. No, I'm just saying like, that, that was like so I would like... I would probably this is a top five Agents of Shield episode for me. I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was very um it had everything. I mean it it was surprisingly scary at times. It was hilarious. You know, Minnie Simmons was amazing. Um though Based on other news, I was probably be bullied by the end of the week. (laughs) Yeah, jeez. That uh, I was I if now we have to get many fits, right? I was just I I was really shocked that we didn't get many fits, but we got Leopold instead. The doctor. Um, It was just it it had it reminded me a lot of that. um, My favorite episode that what. For whatever the second pod finale back in season four, it was just they they were they, it just you you felt helpless for the characters in the episode, right? Um, it may it was the first episode this season that made me feel like, damn, does that make sense? Is that a reaction? Just damn, dot dot dot. Um, no, I just I really liked it. Of course, it's not going to last. Um, Fitzsimmons can't be can't be happy forever. I love that running from zombie versions of themselves is happy. Was was zombie was she there before? I kind of got lost on that. Where have we seen? We haven't seen zombie Simmons. Right? I don't feel like we've seen zombie Jono. Was that so? Leo's fear was just her dying. I would guess the idea is just like like the bad part of his personality is sort of acting out as the doctor hers is a bit the inverse that she's she puts feelings inside and squishes them down until they form into like this terrible monster of um 
you know, resentment and anger because she never expresses how she really feels. That's the way I took it. I noticed she had the uh, gold paint on as well, so I'm like, oh man, do I have to watch last season again to see if she died? There were so many callbacks. Like this episode, they know the fans love like the the continuity and the history, and they just kept throwing things at you, like references to stuff. I was like, oh, I don't even remember that, you know? Right. Well, and we saw new stuff. We got to see them join S.H.I.E.L.D. We got to see stuff that I don't think we ever got to see before. But, I mean, awesome job. Awesome job with with both of them, the actors. I just... Because they acted a full range in this. It was just so good. Yeah, and I think it's because of the nature of it. It's one that we'll always remember. Like... There's certain episodes you can go back to, like uh, Gemma being stuck on uh, Maveth, right? Like, that whole episode, because it was so different, her being on that planet by herself, that you remember it because it's distinct. And I think this one you'll remember because it's really distinct as far as the plot and all that kind of stuff. Like that, uh, what do you call that containment chain or thing, that jail? I'm not sure. I'm sure it has a name. That oh, they're inhuman. Pod yeah, thing. the inhuman pod they haven't used in two years. Um, that argument was sublime. It was so good, so well acted, so well written. So one of the things I noticed this episode reminded me a lot of Cloak and Dagger because they were kind of in this make believe world that had sort of suspended rules of like physics and jumped through like time and memory and. It just it struck me as, like, I wondered, like, did the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s writers, like, see some of the Cloak and Dagger episodes and go, oh, we could adapt that in a really interesting way? Yeah, it was incredibly hard to follow, and it's probably one of Caleb's favorite episodes ever. <laughs> also, Fitz did bring up the uh, unfortunate fact that Simmons did likely have relations with Hive. Ooh... Yeah. Which was very dark and gross to think about. Like, I didn't think they ever actually went there, but Fitz totally went there. Oh, well. They're going to be happy for a little bit, at least. Until they uh, meet Deke again. (laughs) The other thing I was really happy about that I didn't see coming was them kind of unpacking, like, showing us what happened immediately after last season's finale. Like, I thought that that was kind of poignant to see, like, how they handled Coulson leaving and, you know, Fitz's body. And I just thought that was a good scene because it gives us, it allowed us to have the time jump at the beginning of this season, but also took us back to kind of the emotion that we missed out on last season. Right. And they've done a lot of that. I mean, last episode we got to see Coulson dying. Right, when May killed him. Exactly. Yeah. I'm just going to go with Adam's theory here. What was my theory? I had already forgotten. Yeah, theory, what theory? That May killed Coulson. <laughs> she poisoned him. Oh. Did she not? <laughs> I'm pretty sure she did, right? I didn't see it until you said it. But it's kind of one of those once seen, can't be unseen type things. She totally poisoned him. And it turns out, what, is May Hydra now or what? She just she just wanted him to die happily? Maybe Maybe she's Hydra or something. Maybe that was the that was the entire end game all along, right? Hmm. No. Okay, I took the theory too far. Uh, the other thing I noticed in this episode is we've seen Daisy 
not nearly enough. Like, I really like Quake as a character. She's hardly been yeah. around this season. And I, I can see why, because, like, they've always underused Melinda. And this year they finally were like, no, we're going to give you enough May. But I really would like to know what's going on with Daisy. I feel like she's got no screen time at all. Yeah. I haven't missed her. <laughs> I mean, and that's not, like, a dig on her character. Either. I mean, I feel like we've seen so much of her. It's just kind of nice to focus on some of the other characters. This this season's been so odd that it feels like nobody's getting screen time, right? Like Fitz and Simmons were hardly in it, then they get their own episode. Deke's hardly in it, then he gets his own episode. And so maybe a Daisy episode's coming up. I mean, yo, the same with Yo Yo and Mac, right? I'm pretty sure uh, Davis and Piper have been in the show more than Yo Yo has. Yeah, I'm I'm a little done with Chronicon Society too. Like I think they've played out Enoch just about as much as I ever want to see Enoch. And so their like continued plot point with him is not really something I care about much anymore. Yeah, they are milking that for all it's worth. This is one of those weird cases where I feel like we should talk about this episode a lot because it was really, really good. But it's hard to talk about things that you like. Like, it's much easier for us to rag on stuff than to, like, talk about stuff we love, right? I mean, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. But I think it's also, because this isn't an episode, this was a very well-contained one episode. You could probably watch this and not have watched anything else this season and still be like, oh, that was a really cool episode. Which I think makes it because it doesn't leave you a whole lot to like theorize what's going on. It doesn't leave you a whole lot of like, ooh, that big twist was, you know, I didn't see that coming. There was a lot of stuff in this that you didn't see coming, and that's what was awesome about it. But it also was more like an episode of Legion where, yeah, there was a whole lot of awesome stuff, but I don't feel like I need to talk about it. Segue? Sure, let's segue. Uh, Adam, did you watch Legion this week? <laughs> uh, I thought it was coming out. Wait, I thought it was out the first. No, first episode came out Monday. No, I did not watch Legion. All right, so Rihanna, what you think? I thought it was Legion. I mean, <laughs> there's so nothing that we can say about it. I mean, it's fun, but it also kind of like I don't know. I feel like I've seen this episode before. Yes, it's new characters, it's new trippy moments, it's new dance numbers, but it's it's everybody out to get David and David killing people or not. And like, I don't know, it feels like I've seen it before. I was watching it. My immediate thought was Rhiannon's going to hate two things about this episode. Ooh. Thing one lots of time travel and like time travel mechanics and shenanigans and then thing two she's gonna hate that the recurring characters that we already know we get zero time with because you've said like you love tv characters because you get to know them and like we saw almost none of the people we know in this episode and maybe that's it maybe that's what it is um yeah, the time travel. I mean, in Legion, I don't care because there is no timeline. Once they pulled out that cell phone in season one and, like, made it that it wasn't in the 70s, I just stopped giving any cares at all what decade they're in and how it jumps around. So whatever. Give me time travel. 
they already jump from dimension to dimension and like into the astral plane and out of the astral plane and there is no reality and i think that's why it feels like there's no stakes i mean they are are we giving spoilers yeah i mean we were spoiler yeah yeah. um i mean you know they killed david holler in the first what 10 minutes of the episode like there are no stakes what does it matter what does any of it matter well, particularly when your character is basically omnipotent and like he can just yeah do whatever he wants. It's and it's always kind of weird. Like when they did kill him, how did they do that? Like it's like they have to catch him unaware. But yeah. how is he unaware? Because they have special magic helmets. It just it does feel like sometimes the rules of the universe fall apart. That being said, did you guys order that Legion lunchbox? It looks really cool. What is that? Is it just a lunchbox? Yeah, yeah. you just like kind of go sign up and they mail this... I think the correct word is rad Legion lunchbox to you. And it has a thermos. There is some uh, tie-in to the episode, though. At some point in one of those rooms in like his weird cult center or whatever, there was was, like a shelf full of lunchboxes with his face on it. Was there really? Yeah. Maybe you get some a vial of blue goo. Yeah, I do. Or maybe uh, what a am giant I? Pig. <laughs> I, I signed one of my friends up to get one, and he was like, "Oh my gosh, if my teeth start chattering, I'm blaming you." I did think it was a very odd choice to start with like a 20 minute segment on a character we've never seen before when we're coming to the final season. Like you know, like I don't know. It just I feels thought like it was very classical, Legion. Yeah, I thought it was to make the you know. I thought that character was meant to make the audience feel, you know, that they're coming in from the outside or something. I don't know. I didn't. I actually didn't mind that. I was bored out of my mind until people started dancing, but I didn't mind it. It does continue to be visually stunning, though. Like, I yeah. do find myself... You know what I find? I fall asleep a lot in Legion. And I don't mean that as, like, a criticism. It's just... It's either engaging my brain or not engaging my brain so much that I start to nod off as I'm watching. And it's not that I don't like it or I don't find it interesting. It's just, uh, it's a very different, my brain does not work the same way when I watch that show as when it works the rest of my life. Yeah, I get that. Adam, have we made you jealous of the fact that you did not watch Legion this week? Oh yeah, super jealous. Are you sad that we spoiled everything? You didn't spoil anything. Because in a half an hour, I'll probably totally forget. And then whenever I do watch it in two years from now, well, maybe I'll hold. Yeah, I'm really good at holding grudges. So now that you brought it up, yeah, I'm super mad. Good. I can't wait. How have you avoided seeing Legion? Like, don't don't you have to watch it for your job? Or is that just, like, not your assignment or whatever? Nope. Not I. Not I at all. It is the one of the few things I don't have to watch, which might means I might like it because most of the stuff I'm forced to watch, I absolutely end up hating. That's sad. Talking about things that you were forced to watch that you ended up hating, Rhiannon, I would love some of your Jessica Jones thoughts. So relative, relatively non-spoilery, you know, because I don't know where we're at in the review, but I'd love your thoughts. Wait, are you saying that Adam didn't love Jessica Jones? surprise it was better it got better than what um 
It got better. So, okay, so here are my non-spoilery thoughts of Jessica Jones. If you look at this as a season about your titular character and you want that person to be the focus of the series and save the world and, you know, have awesome fights and everything, you're not going to get it. But if you go into Jessica Jones looking at it as a fantastic ensemble show that has five characters with their own journeys, their own challenges, their own arcs, their own little, like, side adventures, then it's really solid. They introduce a new side character that is, that I absolutely love, that I think could carry his own show. They have, um, yeah, just some really, really interesting stories within the story. I think, um, the one person that's sort of presented as the big bad for the season, you can't think of him, the full killer arc, um, you can't think of that as like the arc for the season. Cause to me, that was just like a B plot that they all worried about in the background. Um, he is not the villain of this season. There's, um, yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't say it's like my favorite season of television ever, but I thought it's a good, good season, much better than season two. Um, and overall enjoyable. Prove me wrong. <laughs> I mean, no, I've, I've, I don't know. We've had an okay time with it. Like I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Every once in a while, there's plot things that are just not totally like. Um. So I mean, I'll go this far. This is like episode six or seven when she finds the like train that has like the body parts in it, oh, and yeah. she like crawls down into it. We're both yeah. screaming at the screen like, "What are you doing?" Just use a flashlight. Use a camera. Like, why Why would you possibly get in there? Like, that just makes no sense at all. And then Trish, like, confronts him, even though she knows that she's going to turn back and save Jessica. And it was just, like, it felt like a little plot contrivance at that point. But... I mean, yeah, your hero has to do stupid stuff to have to have the hero moments. But, yeah, when you open up a train car and you can see from 20 feet away that there's body parts... I don't feel like you need to get in to, like, <laughs> double check. I think at that point you can just call 911. Yeah. Lesson to everybody. Wouldn't a reasonable person um, think that, like, it was full of acid or something? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No. The second, there was, like, water in it at first. Yeah. And Fran yeah. was like, don't put your foot in. It'll burn you. It'll burn you, you know? And then, like. Yeah. Right. But then again, and if you're going to drop body parts into water, why wrap them in plastic first? Like, are you wanting to preserve them? Yeah. Or in acid? Like, I, there were a lot of stuff about, there was a ton of stuff about that that didn't make sense. But I, I got over it for the overall, the overall show. So we'll, uh, we'll bring you in on this discussion. Last week, Adam and I debated whether, uh, Jaron Hogarth is just, being herself this season or if they took her kind of further I thought they kind of ruined her by kind of ruining any benevolent quality that she had previously do you have any thoughts on that I like I don't love Hogarth in general and they've always made her into a character that's a little cruel in her uh, way of approaching the world 
And in this season, it felt like she was both cruel and, uh, or not necessarily cruel, but just like uncaring and, uh, desperate, like in all ways, like she's dying and she's desperate and she's grabbing at things. She's calling up old loves. She's trying to get that person as hers and she's being stupid um, so to me, it felt like a natural progression for her when you think about that franticness. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think what we'll probably do is give ourselves another week or two to finish that up and then we'll have a full spoilery conversation about everything that happens. Uh, wait, are we talking full, wait, are we talking spoilers, um, through six or seven, eight, six or seven? Is that where you are? Is that? Uh, yeah, but I mean, go ahead. I'm not too worried if you accidentally go a little over. Listeners, beware. I mean, at six or seven, how much do you know about um, migraine boyfriend? Um, uh, you know that he has. Uh, um, he's got a sibling, and you know that uh, I just got done. He got kidnapped by Fool Killer. And oh, okay. Right. I just... Some. I really liked him. I know I've tweeted about that probably a lot, but I really, really liked him. And he, to me, is a, a great addition to this cast. Um, I think the show is a great found family story. And, um, I think he's like a good addition to the family throughout the story. Like, do you think they needed to make him a love interest? Um, I think it would have been really hard to introduce him and not make him a love interest. Not somebody's love interest. Everybody, does anybody enter the story and not have sex with somebody? <laughs> that was one of my complaints Other than, like, last Jerry. week. Yeah, I, I think I kind of like, I don't know how I caught it. Maybe it was in, uh, Mike's comments when I was trying to read through them. I don't know. I mean, I, I, it didn't bother me that he was a love interest because they play that out that he, he's somebody that drinks a lot, that hangs out in bars a lot. And he and Jessica have that in common. And I didn't have a problem with them falling into bed together because I didn't see them turning into a relationship. I saw him as like a one night stand and then it just sort of kept working out. And I don't know. It doesn't bother me. This is a weird episode because I am traveling and I do have somewhere to be in. 13 minutes. I know Adam's got to leave here pretty quick. Uh, is there any comments from Michael T. Ford in the, uh, or anybody else in the live chat? We'll hit those real quick as our mailbag and then we'll um, Michael T. Ford said Rhiannon is right. I don't know what is. we were talking about when he said that particular part. It was mostly just like <laughs> That's taken out of context, but you were right about everything you said this episode. Yeah, I'm going to take it to mean that. <laughs> this is a better one out of context. Everyone on this show has sex. <laughs> Everybody Just on the show. Clear, he's talking about Jessica Jones. He is not talking about this podcast. I mean, well, I don't know, but certainly not with one another. Anyways, yeah, and we're talking about Jessica Jones. Look at that, and there wasn't even a cake euphemism. <laughs> we have three viewers. I have three me, viewers. so I can see oh. the comments. Okay, so we have two viewers and Michael, so we have one we have, viewer. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't know if everybody wants their name right out. Well, hello, third person. We're hello, excited for person. you to be here. Yeah. Sorry, it's a short episode this week. 
Uh, honestly, life is going to get very weird and complicated for all of us very soon. And oh my so, gosh, this next month is going to be crazy for our live stuff. Yeah. Um, and part of it was we thought you guys were both going to get to see Spidey early, and then you both got foiled, right? Oh, mm-hmm. yes. I yes. foiled myself. <laughs> so you soiled yourself or foiled yourself, Adam? <laughs> Didn't come in through. Both. <laughs> I both. Oh, poor both. Adam. No, I foiled myself. Yeah. It um, was my choice. Ugh. Somebody so, at Marvel needed like 30 tickets, so I didn't get mine. Um, so we have a comment from 084 on the Twitter saying the character of Eric feels much less shoehorned going forward for him. He felt like the thematic relevance of his powers to Jessica's character and self-worth was really strong. He's a living, breathing proof that she's not the piece of crap she feels like. Uh, I do like that part. Yeah, Yeah, I agree with him on that. And I also like the fact that Jessica feels like she's a terrible judge of character. And so she like grabs onto him because she's like, you could at least, particularly when at the same time she's reading emails from Trish that says she has no moral compass. Like those things did fit together very well. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks everybody for listening to the show. Like I said, unfortunately we got to go and it'll be a little bit of a short episode this week, but we appreciate for you listening and supporting. Thanks to our Patreons, uh, particularly those who are watching live um, you can support us there patreon.com slash marvel news desk all the social media avenues uh, web page facebook twitter all that kind of stuff and uh, we will be back next week somehow we will talk about spider-man i don't know when and how we'll do that but we will because it's going to be out next week so we'll see you guys then